Welcome to the Build Your Life Coaching Biz Podcast, where you get to learn how to become a professional life coach and start an online coaching business from scratch. I'm your host, Krista Kathleen, a professional certified coach and business mentor. In 2016, I got divorced and left my full-time job as a registered nurse and decided to bravely answer my calling of becoming a life coach so I could help to change lives as I traveled around the world. And now I want to help you discover your purpose too. Having the freedom and flexibility to be your own boss and make as much money as you want right from your laptop will be one of the best gifts you ever give to yourself, your family, and the world. In these episodes, I'll give you real coaching combined with proven strategies and spiritual practices in order to help you build your dream coaching business that feels perfect for you. Hey everyone, today I'm going to do something that's a little bit outside my comfort zone and something that I normally don't do in my business. And I am recording a podcast episode directly to the podcast. Usually what I do is I do a Facebook Live in my Facebook group every week and then I repurpose that into a podcast episode because normally I like to create content for either a live or virtual audience. But my intuition was saying to give this a try and I've been binge consuming Glennon's new podcast, We Can Do Hard Things. She's the author of Love Warrior and Untamed and she is my role model and my spirit animal. And I just love listening to her voice and I love her realness and her vulnerability. And those are things that I want to infuse into my brand. And a lot of times I get really focused and caught up on trying to train new life coaches and teaching them how to make money and find clients and All that is very important, but there's also more to that with becoming a life coach. And there's also more aspects to me as a life coach and a business owner. And I want to show more parts of me and I want to put more of my thoughts, my real thoughts out into the world that sometimes don't directly have to do with coaching, even though I can always tie things back to coaching, because it is technically my whole world. And there's still like that little voice inside of me that's like, Krista, nobody cares about what you think. And I know that's not true. And there's always little things I'm dealing with and battling with every day. Uh, with the inner critic and self-doubt and fear. And and people think because I come off as really confident on my Facebook lives and my YouTube videos that I don't deal with this stuff, but I do. I've just learned to not let it take the driver's seat over the years. And that's what I teach my clients and students on how to do. You can have the fear and still take action. But it's always going to be there in the background. And so today I am 
overcoming the message that my thoughts aren't important. My thoughts don't matter. So I'm getting off on a tangent here. Today, I want to talk about my thoughts on the downfall of the LuLaRoe empire. And you all might be saying, what on earth does LuLaRoe have to do with you, Krista, and with life coaching? And there's actually a really big story behind this that a lot of people don't know that I want to share because uh, LuLaRoe really impacted my coaching business a lot. Not so much now anymore, but it did in the beginning. And I was behind the scenes and watched a lot of women struggle that were in the LuLaRoe business. And it was hard. It was hard to watch on my end. So that's why I want to talk about it today. I think it's going to be healing. It's going to be healing for me and anybody who was involved in LuLaRoe or direct sales. I think this will be good for you to listen to as well. And honestly, a lot of people who come into the life coaching world started off in direct sales like myself. I was, um, I did Advocare for one or two years maybe just one year. It was a while ago. And that was what dipped my toes in the water with learning how to pour my creativity into something outside of nursing for the first time and learning how to make money outside of nursing. And I, even though there was a lot of things I didn't like about being in an MLM company, I really liked the freedom and the flexibility and the opportunity to be your own boss and to create as much or as little money as you wanted. And my soul was craving that at the time. So that was good for me to experience that. I knew it wasn't going to be forever because I didn't want to sell somebody else's product. I, I knew early on that I was like, I want to create my own services and my own programs And that felt more in alignment for me to sell instead of putting all my effort into selling someone else's stuff. But that was my journey. So I just, um, I'm actually in the middle of watching the Lula Rich documentary on Amazon Prime. I think you all should check it out. It is, uh, it is something else. I mean, the story is pretty incredible itself with Deanne and how she started off by making maxi skirts for her friends and family and then turned it into a billion-dollar empire. It's pretty incredible. But, of course, there was a lot of problems along the way. So how I got involved with the whole LuLaRoe thing. And even I never sold LuLaRoe clothing, but I, my first coaching business, I was a pregnancy coach because I saw a lot of gaps in the way we treated pregnant women in the hospitals. And I saw that pregnant women weren't coming into their labor experience, having the full support and knowledge that they needed to have empowered 
labor experiences. And so I said, I need to do something about this. And that's when I hired my first life coach to help me start a side hustle. And I called it Stretching for Two. And I provided um, this like online coaching experience for pregnant women where I would meet with them every week for 60 minutes, um, usually starting in their second trimester up till when they delivered and kind of being like a doula and just helping them to create the labor experience that they wanted to have for themselves and their babies and to make sure that they felt knowledgeable and empowered with knowing what their options were because once you're in full-blown labor it is impossible to learn new information and so a lot of times you're just you're just trusting the nurses you're just trusting the doctors and you just want to feel better and I found that a lot of times what happens is after pregnant women would have their babies, they would have this post-birth trauma because they just felt like they weren't supported the way they wanted to be supported and they made choices that didn't really feel like the choices they wanted to be making because they, like I said, in the moment when you're in like the most pain in your life, you're just not, you're not able to really make good decisions for yourself. So you're really trusting the people around you. And unfortunately, a lot of times the hospital and the nurses and doctors aren't having the best, um, the best interest in mind for the mom and baby, unfortunately. I have, and that's a whole nother <laughs> tangent I could go off, but that's not the point of today's episode. So, so right, I'm doing what I can to, to help support women and to walk away with a really good labor experience. And one of my clients who was on my, I was a bikini bodybuilder for a couple of years when I was living in Seattle and she knew me during that time we had both we were on the um the same fitness team together and she had gotten pregnant and she was following me on Facebook and I was advertising that I was a new pregnancy coach and I was off- offering pregnancy coaching packages and so she said I want to work with you and I said great let's do it so she signed up and we're meeting every week and doing online prenatal yoga and I was giving her worksheets and exercises to try and it was a really great experience and then she had her baby and I didn't hear from her for a while and then a couple of months after she has her first baby she messages me and says hey I want to keep working with you I already had my baby but I'd love for you to be my life coach I was like, I don't know how to be a life coach, but okay, sure. I'll go ahead and give this a try. How hard can it be? <laughs> and I, you know, had worked with my own life coach for a year. So I was kind of going off of everything I learned from being a pregnancy coach and watching what my life coach was doing with me. And we kept it in the same like structure and format of 
um, like meeting every week for 60 minutes and she just paid me per session and we just went month to month. And the reason she wanted me to be her life coach was she had found LuLaRoe a couple months before she had gotten, had her baby and was doing really well at it. And I had never heard of LuLaRoe before. And she explained it to me that it was basically like an online boutique and she had turned her house into like a warehouse with all of these clothes and she would do these Facebook lives and and sell the clothes and she started making really good money with it. She was making like $20,000 months and she had already had a team of a hundred women under her. And I was like, holy cow. And for a new mom to be making that kind of money from her home was just like insane and unheard of at that time. And so she wanted support with navigating into motherhood while also becoming a new business owner and me and finding the balance between both roles. Basically, she wanted to be a good mom, but also feel empowered to go after her dreams and make money and be the breadwinner of the family, which I thought was incredibly admirable. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. I want to be on your team. I want to support you in any way that I can to make this possible. So we worked together and she was getting really amazing results and walking away from our coaching sessions each week, feeling, you know, just really inspired and motivated and she's making more and more money. And, and she asked me, you know, Krista, can you be a guest speaker for my team? My team is really struggling with work-life balance right now. And a lot of them are moms and, I think you'd be the perfect role model to speak to them. And at this time, I had really never done any public speaking, and I was not a mom myself, and I was still trying to find my own definition of work-life balance. So I was shocked that she asked me, but I also was up for the challenge and was like, yeah, I'll try my best. Let's do it. So I did an online Zoom call with her team. There was a lot of women on. I was so nervous that day when I did that presentation. But I just tried my best and supported the women and helped them to find their own definitions of work-life balance. And then at the end of that presentation, my client basically said, like, you know, Krista's my life coach and she's opening up spots to work with her if you want to... Um, work with her, you should reach out to her. And as you, so, you know, my client, she's basically like an, you know, online social media influencer and more and more people are following her every day and joining her team. And so basically anybody that wanted to, that, let's see, hold on. What am I trying to say here? That because I was her life coach, they all wanted her life coach to be their life coach. I'm not saying that I wasn't a good life coach, but it definitely helped to have an influencer say, hey, this is the coach that I use who's helping me to get results in my business. So as you can imagine, the next day, like my 
inbox blew up with people who said, you know, were wanting to get on the phone with me and hire me as their life coach. And that's really what took off my coaching business. And before I knew it, I became the LuLaRoe the coach, which is <laughs> so crazy to say out loud. And I uh, never would have thought that that would have happened. And so what ended up happening was basically, um, you know, these clients were hiring me because there was personal things going on. There was strain in their relationships and they wanted to get healthier and they wanted to have work-life balance and, you know, lots of different reasons of why people hire life coaches. But usually the number one reason was, they wanted me to help them to make more money in their LuLaRoe business. And, you know, they were struggling. They were really struggling a lot in their business. And they they desperately needed my help. And so I was starting to get a behind-the-scenes look of what was really going on within LuLaRoe. And even though there was a lot of people out there who were doing really well and making a lot of money and succeeding like my first client, the reality was that a lot more women were really, really having a hard time and really struggling. And they were kind of falling into this trap that they wanted to get out. A large part of them wanted to get out, but they had to invest usually up to $10,000 to get into the business in the first place. And then they had all this clothing and merchandise in their homes and they wanted to leave, but they were stuck with all these clothes. And they basically are like, oh, I have to sell it and none of this is selling. And so I'd feel so bad for them because they wanted to be done, but they didn't they they couldn't just walk away cuz they had already spent so much money and they didn't even really have the money in the first place and and so if all of you watch the documentary um you know you'll everything i'm saying you'll see also what you know the people in the documentary are are saying as well and so i took some notes but what ended up you know happening is that Every week, my clients were crying, and they're having they're breaking down, and they were losing sleep. They are working their asses off to try to get this this clothing sold and moved out of their home. It was taking over their entire home. It was taking over all of their rooms, like. They didn't realize that their house was going to be turned into a clothing warehouse. Their, the clothes are like, you know, sitting in piles in their living room and in the kitchen and in the kids' room. And they're staying up late. Um, I know some of my clients were like, I'm staying up till like 3 a.m. every morning trying to do all this stuff like they didn't realize how many hats they were going to have to wear of being able to you know provide entertainment on these Facebook lives and then be available at all hours for people who wanted to buy 
the clothes and then they would make random announcements with LuLaRoe and there was so much like FOMO and scarcity that if you weren't there for um, when they made an announcement, like when new material was ready to be purchased, then you were going to be left out and you weren't going to get the latest prints and everything. So it was just so much like um, so much of their power was given being given away to LuLaRoe and that was not the reason why people joined Luro in the first place. They joined it because they wanted this financial freedom. They wanted this flexibility. They wanted to put their um, families first. And it it just seemed like to me that they were becoming like a slave to this company. And so they're, um, you know, having to spend all this time packaging the products up into boxes and and shipping it out and they're like I said they're they're losing sleep they're being stressed out uh they're putting themselves into debt to buy more and more and more and because the company was telling them that they needed to buy more and then they're not able to sell these clothes and they're stuck with all these clothes and then it was just like they're starting to get brainwashed and they so badly wanted to cruise qualify. If you make $12,000 or uh, more per month, you, and I think you have to do it like consistently for six months out of a certain time period that you could attend this LuLaRoe cruise. And I just remember my clients like basically saying like, (laughs) I will kill my firstborn child in order to make sure I cruise qualify. Obviously, that's just a phrase. They would never kill their firstborn. But that's like the intensity that I felt behind it. That if they didn't cruise qualify, they were a nobody. They were a loser. And there was no point to... Like life was not worth living if you didn't cruise qualify. Again, that is an exaggeration, but that is just like, that was the intensity behind it. And it was just like, I felt like my clients were losing a grip on reality. And then they're starting to fight with their kids and their family. And their family was saying, but you're not spending time with me anymore, mommy, because they're trying to sell, sell, sell all day long. And then there was this whole thing of trying to retire your husband and get your husband to come on your Facebook lives with you. And then what ended up happening was some Lululemon retailers, their husbands got really involved with their business. So then everybody wanted their husbands to get involved and if their husband didn't get involved, then they were a bad husband. And so it just started causing like all these marital problems. And these poor guys are like, I don't want to sell clothes. I don't want to go on Facebook lives and wear these ridiculous leggings and these patterns and these prints. And oh. and then I remember my clients like complaining to me about how ugly these clothes are. And they're like, I don't want to wear these clothes. But then they would get in trouble if they wouldn't wear LuLaRoe clothes. And then they were like afraid to wear their own clothing. And again, it's just like all these crazy rules. And 
technically these people are like independent contractors. So there really shouldn't like, you know, unless you're like you're an employee, there really shouldn't be rules like this. And then they weren't allowed to swear on their Facebook lives. And there was just so many things of like, you can do this, you can't do that. And yeah, it was just absolutely crazy. And just really started to, to me, it started to feel like a cult. And then um, some of my clients were complaining about how they felt. So the founders, um, Deanne and her husband are Mormons and a lot of times they would like on the trainings and the conventions and everything they would be reading bible passages and talking about their Mormon practices and so a lot of times my clients were saying that they felt uncomfortable with that and they felt like they were becoming a part of the more like becoming a part of a Mormon cult essentially and like I said, I'm just over here on the other end, like being like, well, shit, like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do in this situation. It was a little awkward for me. And my clients are like begging me. They're like, help me to get out of this. I don't want to be in this anymore. <sighs> Ugh, just like remembering all these, all these memories coming up. And I don't want to like, I don't know. I'm like scared that I'm going to say something that's going to get me in trouble. But this was just, this was my experience of being on this end of it. And, you know, in coaching, you have to let the client take the lead. And, you know, I would ask them, I would help them to explore their why of, you know, why they're, why they initially got involved with LuLaRoe and, they would, you know, get back in touch with that. And then they would walk away from our call, like feeling inspired again and with a new action plan and like a renewed sense of energy. And okay, I can do this. I got this. This is why I got into in the first place. And then a couple of days later, they would reach back out to me crying and saying like, I can't do this. I don't want to do this. It's ruining my life. It's ruining my family. I'm stressed. I'm in debt. I hate this. I need to get out of this, but I can't get out of this because I still have all this, these clothes that won't sell. And so it was just, um, it was just like a whirlwind. And what eventually what ended up happening was all of my clients eventually found a way to get out of LuLaRoe because they just had to, it just wasn't sustainable anymore. And then it became kind of a conflict of interest with me and my initial client because all of these people on her team are hiring me and she kind of has the expectation of like, well, Krista's going to help them to improve and do better in their sales and their performance. And in reality, they're all ending up dropping out of LuLaRoe and dropping from her team, which means she's not going to make money from them anymore. And so she found out that somehow, you know, had found out that a lot of these people were um, dropping from LuLaRoe and then she got upset with me and we got in a big fight and then we ended up, we ended our client coach relationship because of that conflict of interest. And I just got to a point where I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to be known as the LuLaRoe coach. And I don't want to 
I don't want people to hire me because of because they think that I'm going to help them to cruise qualify and to hit all of these crazy goals that are just stressing them out that really won't even like technically matter in five years. And then on top of that, I'm getting like more intuitive hits and downloads that I'm supposed, not supposed to, I don't like that word that, but I'm meant to really bring in this rawness and this truth into my brand. And that's when I, um, shortly later started working on my book, Beyond the White Picket Fence. And if any of you have read that, it's very taboo. And it's, I really like, you know, just put myself out there talking about things that technically women aren't supposed to talk about. And my whole book, the whole beginning chapter is talking about how I leave religion to become spiritual. And then I talk about my abortion and I talk about my open marriage and all these things that don't definitely don't align with the Mormon religion. And so I'm getting scared here and I'm like, oh my gosh, like most of my clients are Mormon, right? Because like attracts like. And so, you know, whatever's infused into the company is going to just as a side effect, attract more of that. And so since Deanne and her husband were Mormons, they ended up, you know, attracting a lot of Mormon women to sell LuLaRoe. And so a lot of my clients are Mormons and there's nothing wrong, nothing wrong with the Mormon religion, but I just was scared. I was scared to really put myself out there because I didn't want to lose my clients. And I was watering down my message and my authenticity and really letting my people pleasing taking over to present myself as a coach that I think someone you know, in LuLaRoe would want to hire. And I realized that that wasn't sustainable for me either. And I was, I was feeling trapped (laughs) as well. And I was like, I can't, I can't keep doing this. So just over time, um, eventually my clients, like I said, at that time, I was just doing session to session and month to month. So eventually like Usually once they left LuLaRoe, then we would end our time together because usually the whole point was to help them to sell more in LuLaRoe and what they ended up finding out was that they didn't want to be in LuLaRoe anymore. And so just naturally those clients started to fade away. And then I started, once I really started like authentically putting myself out on social media and saying like showing up as the real me, then I started to attract a different type of clientele and, and that felt better for me and that felt more in alignment. And, um, so now to this day, I, I still do have a couple of clients that I work with that originally found me when they were in LuLaRoe, but as you can imagine, they're no longer associated with LuLaRoe and they're in a much better place in their lives. And, uh, I've helped them to find, gratitude for the role that LuLaRoe played at that time in their life, just like Advocare came into my life at the most perfect time and exited my life at the most perfect time. And I really do feel that everything happens for a reason. 
everyone and everything comes into our life when we need it the most and we'll, you know, learn the biggest lessons from those things, even if they're not meant to stay with us forever. And so my clients, the ones that originally had done Luro, they're doing very well and they've moved on and they've found different ways to make money through different types of businesses. And, and they still do to this day use some of those social media and business building skills that they got from Luro. So it wasn't a complete loss, even though it was a complete shit show at times. Oh, another thing that I forgot to add was all of the drama and the catfighting that would occur when women would go to these conventions and on these cruises. And as you can imagine, the competition was fierce. (sighs) And women who are desperate to succeed and to make money, and they are just going behind each other's backs. And I had to hear all about it on my coaching sessions. And this person said this about this person. And she betrayed me and she let me down and now she's buying from other retailers and distributors and not me and it was just like whew yeah so much drama so I forgot to add in that part earlier too (sighs) but uh yeah I'm glad I'm glad I did this today I'm not sure who's gonna listen to this or or what thoughts people will have after listening to this. But I'm glad I did this. I want to do more episodes like this, sharing my personal life. And as you can see, LuLaRoe had a big impact on the start of my coaching career. And so I wish anyone the best who is still, I know that there's still distributors out there who are using LuLaRoe to make money. And I'm sure that there is still a lot of people out there that it is greatly serving them and helping them and meant to be in their life. And I I do wish them all the best. Um, For me, I will never, will probably never be involved with MLMs or direct sales companies. Again, moving forward, I found that I spent a majority of my money just on trying to keep up and buy the products every month and was not even really making any money and obviously that is not a sustainable that is not a sustainable business model but it you get so caught up in the FOMO and wanting to like be in the in crowd it kind of comes like a, a popularity contest too is that like you kind of end up sacrificing your values and your morals and you lose money just to keep up with the rat race And so I don't ever want to be caught up in that again because it's it's easy to get brainwashed. It's easy to lose yourself. So yeah, I'm curious to see how people are going to react to this episode. And you're always welcome to share your story with me if you want to email me, hello at kristakathleen.com and share your LuLaRoe story with me. I'd be, you know happy to hear it and help you to work through that because I'm sure that that you know left some sort of impact on your life there may even be some leftover trauma through that too and if there is that's okay and um, just make sure you get the support that you need whether you want to talk to a therapist or you want to talk to me about it to help you move forward from that 
there might still be some of that left over from that time of your life. So, all right, I'm going to go ahead and sign out here. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. Um, I love you all, and I'll be back in the future with some more exciting topics. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to my podcast. I hope that you found it valuable. And if you haven't already, please feel free to leave a heartfelt review so other life coaches can easily find this podcast too. And if you're ready to start coaching people and get paid to do the work you love, then come check out my newest online membership, Find Your First Paying Client. In this membership, I'll help you to quickly figure out where your first coaching client is going to come from, and you'll also get access to the Life Coach Starter Kit, which gives you all my tools, forms, and templates I use to run my own life coaching business every day. So head on over to my website at buildyourlifecoachingbiz.com forward slash membership, where you can join today.